I'm Paul Lancor with PodTech.net, and with me on the line, Marianne Lampkin. She's a senior manager at Bearing Point. Hi, Marianne. How are you? I'm good. So today we're going to be talking about the role of the mortgage servicer, and right off the bat, that's really my first question for you. Can you tell us what that role of the servicer is, and why is it so important? Well, in this context, we're really talking about mortgage servicers and particularly subprime servicers, and although the principles apply to commercial and consumer servicers as well, I'd like to focus on the mortgage side today. And the servicers not only collect payments from the borrowers and pass those payments on to the trust, which is really their primary responsibility, but more importantly, these days, they are managing the collection efforts when the borrowers can't pay or they've had a reset of an arm and are suddenly put in a position where their mortgage payment is so high they can't possibly make it, and they try to find ways to help the borrower make at least some payments and get the cash flowing again. So it's an integral role, but more so than ever these days, it is a particularly important role that the servicer has. So I wonder if you could maybe give us a little more specifics about that, though. Why do you feel that at this time the role of the servicer is relevant? Well, for a number of reasons. Most importantly, because there's a large number of borrowers based on the products that have been offered over the last few years who are suddenly finding themselves priced out of their homes. And whether they were investment properties or actually owner-occupied, there's a large enough number of defaults going on that it's caused a complete upset in the market. And the servicer is the one who has the primary contact with the borrowers. That said, the servicers are under an enormous amount of pressure these days because they not only have to assist borrowers, but they have certain rules and regulations they have to follow with the trust under the pooling and servicing agreements, as well as manage their own business and the increased cost in managing defaulted loans. And because they're the middleman, really, in the process between the borrower and the investor, the media, government entities, investors, and other lenders are actually all focusing on not only the servicer itself, but the actions they're taking and a lot of their policies and practices. So clearly the borrowers have a stake here and a number of other people do as well. I'm wondering if you could elaborate on that just a bit and explain to us what are the reasons that any of these people has a particular interest in how the mortgage servicer is managing these loans? Well, anyone who has any kind of a financial interest with the servicer needs to be interested in how the servicer is operating and managing those loans. Whether that investment is direct or indirect, the stakeholder needs to be mindful of the servicing practices. And I'm thinking about warehouse lenders, advanced facility lenders, monoline insurers, trustees and bondholders. They all have a stake in not only the servicing and the performance of the loans, but in the actual operations of the servicer itself. So what are some of the pitfalls here? What are some of the risks that one should be looking for in this situation? Given the pressures that the servicers are facing now in this environment, any kind of inefficient or inaccurate processes that may have been hidden before or not really noticeable, they can suddenly lead to a significant risk exposure in this market. And each of the stakeholders needs to really understand what the risks are in that servicer and how that reflects back on their investment. And they need to be able to monitor and manage those risks appropriately. For example, operational risk, cash management and financial risk, there's regulatory and legal risk, and just basic market risk and the servicer's ability to maintain the business. And these are all critical areas for the stakeholders. So if I'm one of those stakeholders, 
what resources are available to me to help me to monitor the risks that you've outlined? In general, anyone who has some sort of financial stake in the stakeholder is probably receiving some standardized reports, either reports that they've asked the servicer to create or kind of canned reports that are standard within the industry. But generally, those amount to spreadsheets and a certain level of loan-level detail, but it doesn't really tell you what the servicer is doing specifically. So the stakeholders need to go look for other information. They need to talk to the servicer, and not only to maybe the capital markets group, but also talk to the people who are managing the operational environments. You know, talk to investor reporting, talk to the default managers, and really understand the decisions that the servicer is making and how that may affect their investments. Well, one of the reasons we're talking about this today is because there have been some pretty spectacular failures in the recent past. I'm wondering, given that it's a particularly complex topic here in our podcast, I'm wondering if you can give us an uh, idea whether they were the result of recent market changes, these failures. A lot of these failures came to light because of the market changes, but the failures were not because of the market changes. Almost always in the investigative and forensic reports into servicers that have failed, it's like almost any other business. There were lots of red flags to begin with. They may have been minor servicing or process weaknesses, maybe some management reporting that either didn't exist, wasn't accurate, some process that really didn't make sense. And because the market was just continuing to expand, it was easy to hide that or that it didn't surface a match. And a good example is that this is a lot like musical chairs. As long as the music is playing, even if there's not enough chairs for everybody, nobody really notices. And everyone's running around, the cash is flowing, things are fine, so minor weaknesses may not get addressed. All of a sudden, the music stops. In this instance, originations have stopped. The music stopped, there's not enough chairs for everyone. So any of the stakeholders need to be sure that if the music does stop, there's a chair for them and that they're well protected. I love the analogy of the musical chairs, but uh, given that the music has sort of stopped here at this point, I'm wondering what we can learn from all this and how that new information can be reincorporated in, into the role of the servicer. What, uh, how will that role evolve in the future? Well, the stakeholders need to take a much more active interest and not just rely on reports that they're getting. And, you know, they may see a spreadsheet, they don't see an exception, so everything must be fine. They need to ask all of the right questions and really think about if servicers doing something unusual, how does this affect my investment? What can go wrong? How can this possibly affect me? Can funds be diverted? Might I not get paid back if the music stops? If the servicer is doing something really unusual, could there be regulatory or operational risk? Is a borrower going to complain to the FTC or another regulator? Will that result in a big class action lawsuit? So they need to ask all of these questions, and I think the burden is much more on the stakeholders than it is on the servicer to ask the right questions. And if they don't have the expertise, then they need to go find it. That's excellent advice. I wonder if you have any last comments you want to leave with our listeners of this podcast here around the role of the servicer. The most important thing I can leave listeners with is stakeholders need to truly be sure that they not only understand the risks that are involved that they may not have even had to think of before, but they understand how they can manage those risks, either by asking the servicer to change practices or by taking some additional precautions on their side to be sure their interests are protected. 
And if they don't have the expertise, they need to find someone who does. And a company like Bearing Point, who has a team of dedicated servicing operations professionals who are in and out of servicers every day, they can help stakeholders identify the risks, find ways to mitigate those risks, and that's generally a benefit to both the stakeholder and the servicer, because the stronger the servicer, the more they're going to be able to weather storms like these and the better returns the investors will see. Great. Well, Marianne, thank you very much for taking out some time today and talking to us about this. Thank you. Marianne Lampkin is a senior manager with Bearing Point. Point.